is the problem. People need to calm down, get a little less politically correct, and I would say, you know, love everybody. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. This is a freak show. An intergalactic freak show. What do you make of that? It's about writers. I keep telling my colleagues uh, that this is the new normal. God help us all. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me a beer. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Who are the Apple geniuses now? I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. You know what this is? It's a dimly lit room. People in the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Hey, everybody, on a Wednesday, day, you're under the tutelage of your general manager. I don't know. BB Netanyahu, maybe? Uh, Looks like he's going to hold on to the levers of power in Israel. Fifth term. It's a lot of terms. Yep. To run the tiny little country. Israel ought to, uh, ought to trademark the phrase God's country. You know? While it a is lot a, of places try to use that. While it is, a, it is a country, obviously, and has one of the best militaries in the world and everything like that, the election's like running for mayor of a big city. Yeah. More or less. Oh, yeah. As opposed to a country. I mean, you can, you can reach all of the country in one afternoon. Um... Just like you're running for, you know, mayor of Los Angeles or something. Sure. Media buy would be substantially less expensive than running for governor of California, for instance, or New York. Yeah. And and one thing I don't know about Israel is there is there much difference in lifestyle between people who live there and there when your country's whatever it is, 40 miles wide? You know, as opposed to the way it is in the United States, where rural Midwest is so much different than urban coast. I don't know that. Well, sure. You got your urban, your rural, obviously, but I don't know. You'd be eight miles apart. Yeah, huh? Um, duh. So, mm. old Bob Barr, the attorney general, is going to be back on the hill getting grilled again yep. today and refusing to answer questions. Yeah. So yep. I don't suppose that Everybody matters to anybody. Grandstanding for the folks back home. Hope you enjoy the show, no, that everybody. One's on, that one's on stage B. It's the, it's the bank uh, CEO's turn to get grilled, and this one's got a little bit more star power on the congressional side. AOC taking on the big banks. So you got some of your uh, bank honchos being grilled by AOC. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good TV show. Well, what is the one. problem? I don't know. Something some, to look forward to. Some of those bank CEOs are pretty loathsome characters. So oh, I don't know. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Yeah, who do you root for? I don't know. I'll just let it unfold, Jack. Uh, let's, I'll just take it all in. <laughs> <laughs> let's introduce everybody in the squad. Uh, start there with our board operator, hmm? board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Sorry this morning, Michael. Good. I'm running around behind the scenes, but, you know, it's one of those mornings where I... Uh, you still have no air conditioning in there? No air conditioning still, as <laughs> you can tell. you think an air conditioning unit could be repaired in three days' time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't you? How hot is it in there? Do you have a thermometer? Yeah, it's about 60... Well, I mean, it's keeping it cool. It's about 68 degrees well, probably in here now. that's not bad. No, no but it's loud. I can, I, cannot, I can barely hear the show, you know? It's 68, but you have to have that fan going all the right. time. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Better than 98 when the way it was on Monday. So I'm running around behind the scenes, and I got up extra early and got showered and everything, and the earlier I do it, the later I am. I don't get it. <laughs> 
I've noticed when I leave early and I can drive at a leisurely pace and have no pressure, I'm just I'm lethargic. Yeah, when I get to work, I I just I got no vim and vigor. My vim and vigor comes from running late and the urgency of it. So it's that twenty minutes teetering on the edge of death that really wakes you up in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the fine edge between you know success and disaster. Driving calmly, knowing I'm going to make it on time, it's just kind of like I got nothing. Wow. Maybe if you let maybe you should let a bear loose in here or something. I need, get frightened. I need to get frightened. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. We have an interesting kind of change in the in the way that our currencies are, are lasting now. Uh, back in the day, a typical paper dollar used to last about three years. Didn't know that. Now, because more and more cashless exchanges are happening, a, a bill will last nearly eight years. And the Government Accountability Office estimates that the government would lose around... Six hundred million to two point six billion uh, over the next three day decades by eliminating the dollar bill. I don't know. This has to do with uh, the coins being the fact they're trying to figure out which which monetary devices do we still right, need but to with print lose, and make money. I don't understand what that means. I don't either. I need to click on. I need to more research later uh, to come on this uh, very interesting story. Back yeah. to you, Jack. Um, hmm. uh, do they know how many dollars are circulating around? Do they know that? Probably. What do you mean they last? How many how many times have you turned in a worn out dollar? I never have. My wife was a banker and they you they turned in mutt currency all the time. That was uh mutt. M- mangled or there's what was it? It's it's an acronym obviously, but I can't remember what it stands for. It's, mangled, unusable, tattered, something like it's that. It's yeah. two dogs of no identifiable breed right. have another dog. So the crux of this seems to be a decades so fall in love and have puppies. Yes, <laughs> a decades old argument to go with a dollar coin as opposed to yeah. a dollar bill. Why we still have the penny and don't have a dollar coin is just it, it gets. It's what I said yesterday about the metric system. There's some things that that are the sign of a receding superpower to me is that we just won't adjust with what obviously needs to happen. Right. Sure. Um, and and that would be one. Continuing like, to have we the, as a country are like you driving to work at a leisurely pace. We just can't be troubled to really do much. To still have the penny and not have a dollar coin. Come on now. Um, but so at the bank, it's their job to say this dollar's had it and get rid of it and get a new one in the circulation. Because yeah, I've, exactly. I've I've maybe had one dollar bill that was so rough I had to turn it into the bank once in my mm. whole life. Well, this yeah. George Washington has a mustache on it. This <laughs> this cannot do. It's disrespectful, <laughs> at the very least. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I feel very good. Went uh, for a bike ride yesterday, first of the year. Did what about- were you wearing? I was wearing shorts. Now, this is the bike with the big wheel on the front and the little wheel on the back. <laughs> you want to know if funny? I was wearing a top hat. I had my full tuxedo on, and I was blowing my trumpet <laughs> as I moved through the motor cars Fantastic. on either side. Fantastic. Good exercise. Did about 10 miles, rode over to wow. the supermarket, met a lady who admired my style, got her number. I got to tell you, yeah, spring is here. Yeah, spring will do that. Yep. People are lo- looking to get together in spring. Yep. Oh my. The feeling is in the air. Wow. Yeah, was the uh, the it birds was and the, the bees out. indeed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jump yeah. on your bike, ride around, throw on some shorts, show some skin. Indeed. Fantastic. <laughs> Smiles from the ladies all around. <laughs> Come and get me, ladies. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, April 10th. Year 2019, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. Ten miles. That's pretty impressive, yeah. Marsh. Well done. Thank you. All right, let's begin uh, riding our bicycles into the future. Can't Precisely. do three push-ups. Oh, say, wow. But a wow. ten-mile bike ride's better, wow. probably. Wow. Cardiovascular's more important. Like your Lance Armstrong uh, yeah. over there. All right, let's begin the show officially now, <laughs> according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. I would just say that the previous administration, 
pre when the Republicans, they did not treat the Secretary of the Treasury this way. So if this is the way you want to treat me, then I'll rethink whether I voluntarily come back here to testify, which I've offered to do. Wow. Who would that? Talking to who? Steve Mnuchin responding to harsh, harsh treatment. The hands of Maxine Waters. Mm. He felt like he was unfairly treated. I won't come back. Let's listen to more. I want more of that. Yeah. Well, I want the yeah. two of them griping at each other. How ugly yeah. did it get? That's Secretary Treasurer said, I'm not going to voluntarily come back. I'll take my ball and leave. <laughs> uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump heading to Texas, slapping down rumors about homeland security and new border restrictions. We've got the best and worst days to buy gas, and Magic says, that's it, I quit. Magic Johnson, the person, not Magic, the uh, phenomenon of fooling people. <laughs> or the legitimate practitioner, pra- practicing of the dark arts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. It contains the best coverage of the Chinese would-be spy woman you will hear on any broadcast outlet. Now that's a tease. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to hear that myself coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bernie Sanders is introducing a proposal today in the Senate for Medicare for All. Oh, boy. Which is universal health care. And he has done this before, but back when he was kind of like an outsider of the Senate and people thought he was just a weirdo. But now that he's kind of maybe the most popular guy in the country in the Senate, Uh, For Democrats, he's being taken more seriously. And the New York Times has looked at it, (laughs) the whole Medicare for all. Will it save us money or cost us money? We asked asked different economists, and some of the answers are pretty entertaining. Oh, wow. Okay. I'd like to hear that. And and, and one more tease, uh, just on the topic of controversial issues and minds perhaps being changed. We got some really, really, we received uh, via some alert listeners some really, really interesting information on a big study by Harvard where my kids I are going to do gone if my parents had loved me. I plan to have my kids do crew there. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. It's a time honored sport. But anyway, about the legalizing prostitution, the unforeseen consequences of that, some okay. of which shocked me. Stay with us. Fascinating. Mailbag. Uh, so, a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to pay this off. Make sure we have time. On the uh, topic of the uh, Chinese lady who got s- caught trying to sneak into Mar-a-Lago with various malware and phones and thumb drives and hard drives and the rest of it. Cash uh, and a wig and a... No, that was OJ. A couple of thoughts I found interesting. Here's John with no H who writes, I think this lady who got tra- caught trying to sneak into Mar-a-Lago was just a wackadoodle. To the average person, everything added together sounds crazy, but from the millennial perspective, she didn't do anything all that crazy. In San Francisco, they literally have a store called International Spy Shop, where you can buy signal detectors. Wall malware can easily be bought off the dark web, isn't hard to find. Five cell phones is a lot, but easily purchased at Walmart. If a person's crazy enough to do all that, it's within reason to assume 
She wouldn't trust her money in a bank and has a Bitcoin wallet somewhere as well. I'm not sure why that's an appropriate comment. I don't know about the phrase easily purchased off the dark web. I don't I don't know how to get on the dark web or start buying stuff on there, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Hashtag CMFAW. Check Marshall for a wire. It's so John. So not a spy. This gent thinks this person is just a millennial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> much, sure, let's go with that. Much more compelling. I just thought that was interesting in contrast to this, which is from a friend who will otherwise uh, remain nameless. Uh, I work for the Applied Research Department of a pretty active top-tier research university, and we deal with espionage on a regular basis. Uh, the Chinese variety is particularly difficult in that they do not always use career spies. They simply deputize regular Chinese citizens already working or educating themselves in the U.S. and coerce them into running single errands as part of a much larger and more complex operation. Hmm. For instance, the Chinese government or a surrogate will contact a Chinese student in the U.S. They will instruct them that if they wish to return home safely, they must go to this facility and take photos of this process or object. Wow! All necessary equipment will be mailed to them directly. Consequently, their spies tend to be fairly inept, just like the woman at Mar-a-Lago. However, the benefit is that none of these deputy spies has any knowledge of the larger operation. So it's of no consequence to the Chinese government if they're caught and they are virtually useless to us. This has become a big problem for Air Force bases and aircraft manufacturers in the West. Many of our most secret military research projects, Lockheed Martin, for instance, are visible from hilltops or distant mountains and are photographed by these disposable informants constantly. The sheer number of potential deputy spies means that each one does not have to be particularly effective. That is some great information. Yeah, it is. And it also reminds me, as a guy who's now read like three books about Kim Philby, perhaps the world's greatest spy, um, who was spying for the Soviets. He was a Brit. And he was an intelligence agent, right? China so he's a sound- double agent, is that right? Or Well, nobody knows, but he's probably just a single agent. Uh, yeah. He was just a traitor to his country and to America and Britain. But um, he, uh, China is doing the same thing the Soviet Union was doing, in that they're, just, they're so paranoid and they're so into central planning that they also can't do spying very well in the way that the United States states might be able to, because they just don't trust anybody. Yeah. This whole thing. So you send out doofuses because you can't have anybody in the know. You can only have a few people atop in the know, and you end up with doofus spies. Mm. And the Soviet Union at various points, as they are having all these spies around the country take pictures of buildings and all this stuff that was just described there, um, Stalin at one point said, is this doing us any good? <laughs> I mean, any of this information? Huh. Are we putting this together in any manner that's helping us? Yeah. No, probably. This is also the missing piece to one of the more striking uh, stories I've heard and retold since on the air when uh, counter-espionage people from the United States government went to a certain uh, large university and said, hey, you have all sorts of Chinese spies on your campus. And they said, get off my campus, you racists. The university president said that. Said that to U.S. counterintelligence. Get off my campus, you racists. Well, I have a feeling what they were trying to do is explain to them, listen, some of your students and or faculty members get deputized by the Chinese to spy. And it's a serious problem. Um, But, of course, you know, university presidents are often morons (laughs) in, in their way. They are so educated, they have lost their ability to reason. So, moving along. That's interesting, isn't it? It is. Do we have time for this? Oh, yeah, I think we do. Here's the, uh, let's see, here's uh, Julie. I was. We were talking about 
the assimilation of immigrants and the idea of bogging down, and I mean seriously bogging down to the point of ruin, American schools dealing with English as a second language students. Often kids who don't speak any English at all, a variety of languages. Were it only Spanish, you could probably deal with that semi-productively. But anyway, and I brought up the idea of moving to France and sitting there in the classroom and saying, why aren't you speaking English? Speak English. And all the French kids having to wait till I understood before we moved ahead in the lesson. How absurd that is. Julia writes, we lived in France for decades until moving to California two years ago. We'd been stunned by the incredibly wasteful and inefficient manner in which schools here deal with non-English speakers. In our experience, French schools make zero effort to accommodate non-French speakers, and the vast majority of teachers, outside of Paris anyway, speak very little, if any, English. When new children would, well, would arrive speaking no French, teachers would often ask our children to explain to them in English what they were expected to do and then carry on with the curriculum. The children were expected to adapt to the system, not vice versa. Guess what? The kids relatively quickly became competent in French, and life went on. No additional resources required. Equally, the schools did not send out documents in any language other than French, so parents, too, were expected to either get up to speed with the language or bring someone with them to help with administrative matters. Xenophobic French. Of course. If I moved to a foreign country, the first thing I would think is I've got to get a tutor or something for my kids to learn the language before you get, you get there. As a family, we're all going to work as hard as we can to learn the language. Just It just makes perfect sense. Or um, perhaps I'll sit there and self-righteously bellow that the country needs to adapt to me. And by the way, do it for free. It's insane. We've lost our minds as a country. It's pretty crazy. It's hard to believe it's actually happening. Uh, Marshall's News is next. Then we'll get into it. We like to ease into the day. You don't want to pull a hamstring or something. Right. You're listening to the Armstrong and the Getty Show. Yeah, no kidding. Um... So Medicare for all, New York Times taking a look at it, and I was uh, pretty pleased to see that they're they're taking different points of view on the story. As Bernie Sanders is that introducing that to the Senate again today? Indeed, refreshing. Is that just a a, a way to say universal health care that isn't using that toxic term? Well, it's it's one form of it. It's one approach to it. But it is it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just more specific. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, President Trump is on his way to Texas today. He's going to be expected to talk about oil and gas production, sign an executive order aimed at expanding the production of energy in our country. Drill, baby, drill. Meanwhile, the president is saying his administration is not going to be bringing back the policy of separating migrant children from their families. During a White House photo op, he was asked about the rumored policy return and pointedly reminded reporters that President Obama was the one who actually started the child separation policy. President Obama had child separation. Take a look. The press knows it. You know it. We all know it. I didn't have... I'm the one that stopped it. And what about those kids in cages? Those cages that were shown, I think they were very inappropriate. They were built by President Obama's administration, not by Trump. 
You know, what nobody talks about, though, is those so-called cages. They were a temporary place during processing, and it was to keep the children separate from the adults. Yeah. Like, we have no idea who these people are. The alternative is putting these children in with a bunch of random adults. You don't want that. It's just, I don't, the whole conversation is just dumb. Remember when I had the question about cages for children when, uh, I think it was when Sam got old enough to crawl out of his crib. Right. And I wondered, why, why can't I put a top on this crib at night to keep him in there? But that would be a cage, and you'd end up on the evening news right. as somebody who keeps their child in a cage. Sure. But before he was big enough to crawl out, it was this. It was in effect the same thing. Sure. It just didn't need a top because he couldn't crawl out of it. Five sides of the cube right. confinement is loving. Six sides is bizarre. Oh, and you make the news and they take your children away from exactly. you. And I just wondered why. Find a picture of you with your mouth half open, your eyes half. He closed, couldn't get out either way. Page. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so I'm pro cages for little children. Attorney General William Barr returning to Capitol Hill for a second time this week as uh, lawmakers, the White House, and the American public anxiously await uh, his release of the special uh, report on Robert Mueller's report. Anyway, uh, Barr's going to be speaking to a Senate Appropriations Subcommittee today about his department's budget, but like members of the House, Senators are expected to be more interested in the Mueller report than the budget uh, details. It's so much more about the fight than the actual report, because if Barr did what some Democrats claim he's going to do, whitewash it, protect the boss, whatever, I don't think he's going to, but if he did, Mueller is free to speak to anybody. They can can force him to come in, and he'll answer questions willingly. I'm sure Mm -hmm. he would. Well, he'd have no choice. Um, they can put him under oath and ask him questions. The, the information will come out. If there's something there right. that everybody needs to know, there's absolutely no way they could keep it secret. That is correct, sir. But that little screed of yours has done nothing to fire up people and get them to contribute to write checks and make sure they show up at the polls. Benjamin Netanyahu appears headed toward a historic fifth term as Israel's prime minister with uh, close to complete unofficial election results, giving his Likud and other nationalist and religious parties a majority in parliament. So he's heading in for a fifth term, it looks like. And does it matter which date you fill up the car? We've got a study by Gas Buddy that found prices vary predictably day by day. But over the course of the year, an average driver can save eh, maybe 30, 40 bucks by game in the system. USA Today. Siphoning from neighbors, that's what I do. USA Today reports. What they call it, an Oklahoma gas key or whatever. It's got a name. But you get a get tube. <laughs> you stick a tube down your neighbor's yeah. tank. You suck on it. Make sure you stop sucking before the gas gets to your mouth. That's oh, yeah. the important yes, part. That indeed. is really a key yes, to the whole thing. But close enough that there's <laughs> enough weight to cause the siphon effect. <laughs> USA Today reports the best time to fill up, on average, is Monday morning, and the worst day to do it is on a Friday. Best day is when your neighbor's asleep or at work. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yes, but he I'd says... i like to apologize to Oklahoma for the clear bias in today's program. I'm from Kansas. We always make fun of Oklahoma. <laughs> Gas Buddy says that all comes down to supply and demand. Usually fewer people getting gas on Mondays compared to Fridays. So there you go. Oh, by the way, news is getting worse for Aunt Becky. Actress uh, Lori uh, Lachlan and her husband are being formally indicted by a federal grand jury in that massive college cheating scam. Here's the deal. Who do I have to pay to never hear her name again? Could I write a check to anyone? Can we ban it from our show at least? Yes. Can I write a check to never hear her name again? I don't freaking care. 
if she's given the chair or walks scot-free. Give her the chair! Give her the chair! Marshall, if she gets the chair, go ahead and mention it. That would be an extraordinary development. Or a firing squad. Well, they executed an actress. And for, a surprise for, move, for, the state of California has executed actress Laurie Lachlan. With the electric chair. Right. Simply for getting her kid into they a car. put her in the electric chair and shot her with a firing squad. <laughs> Magic Johnson's calling a quit season. All right, everybody, we want the electricity and the gunshots at once. Ready? One, two, that's the way it would unfold, and she'd be good and dead. Barbaric! Wow. No longer a threat to what's good and decent in this country. <laughs> Magic Johnson's leaving as the Lakers president of basketball operations. See, Most people don't quit as president when you have LeBron James on your yeah. team. What's going on there? Well, and suddenly, without warning. Yeah, he made the impromptu announcement hours before last season's finale against the Blazers. I want to go back having fun. I, I, I want to go back being who I was before taking on this job. Huh. He said he was tired of the backstabbing. He didn't really like, uh, you know, the prospect of having to fire people and change their lives, that kind of thing. I don't doubt that a bit. He's got more money than Gad. He does, Why would you need the headache? I've often wondered why these people take these jobs. The pressure and the headaches and the... Carpet and the fans booing you, and I had a great life going. Right. And uh, Positive Sean made an interesting comment about his relationship with the NBA players changing. Yeah, he he's in this unique position where this, particularly this generation, really looked to him as somebody who made the transition from a professional athlete to mogul. To talk show host yeah, for a yes, week. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. To, to just businessman and continued his professional career afterwards. And he loves being a mentor and kind of coaching right. up these players. But since he's a president of a basketball team, anytime a, a player texts him and he texts back, he'd get slapped with some sort of tampering fine. He wasn't able to kind of be this this mentor to a generation of coaches or players, rather. Right, yeah. And it, that's that's what he's talking about with the backstabbing. And uh, he, he just got hit with so many tampering charges right. trying to talk to players. Yeah. yeah. So the NBA playoffs start this weekend. The Warriors of Golden State are the number one seed in the West. Who's the number one seed in the East? Uh, I believe it's the Raptors. Toronto? Not even our country? Right. Foreigners. Foreigners. Right? Oh, oh my God. Stop them at the border. Oh, no, Build it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Algonquin for the good land. That's our country. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Build a wall, make Canada pay for it. <laughs> so you got to go into their house behind the cheddar cu- curtain to try to win it all. <laughs> cheddar curtain. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> Awesome. Spent an afternoon in Milwaukee once. Some of the nicest people. Just everybody on the... It could... Overwhelming niceness. Wisconsin's fantastic. From people there. It was great. Another one of my home states. I got like six home states. You're like Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> all my grade school years were there. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, Medicare for All. Would that cost... Would that save you money or cost you money? Hmm. Me personally or as a nation? Both. Oh. Oh, gosh. I don't Both know. matter. I sit ready to be uh, edumacated. Bernie's introducing it to the Senate today, and it's probably going to get a lot more love than the last time he uh, introduced it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
So here's a woman that died at the age of 99. Um, her body was donated to science, so uh, they're digging around in there. And that's probably not the right term. Yeah, um, wow. Wow. Anyway, they found I out. I didn't her, know you're a physician. They found out her organs were in the wrong place. Her organs were all messed up. Well, they she, weren't that she, messed up. She lived to be 99. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Specifically, like her liver and her stomach were on the left side. So the, her organs were transposed. Things that are typically on the right side were on the left side of yeah. her. You'd probably be fine with that, but obviously it's not the way we're designed. Um, maybe when we have Medicare for All, they'll catch that sort of thing early on. So you wouldn't have to live till you're 99. And Yeah, what? To, to perform major <laughs> surgery and put the stuff back? So Bernie Sanders is um, uh, introducing a bill that he's introduced before for Medicare for All. The difference being, though... He is now more at the center of the Democratic Party than he is out on the fringe where he has spent almost his entire career. Right. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, the New York Times went with uh, would Medicare for all save billions or cost billions? And I find some of the language in here interesting. I'm not going to get into the weeds on this because you can read about it if you want. I don't want to bore people. Nobody wants to be bored. But I just thought some of the, the language in the uh, the article in the New York Times is pretty interesting. How much would a Medicare for all plan like the kind being introduced by Senator Bernie Sanders on Wednesday change health spending in the United States? Some advocates have said costs would actually be lower because of gains in efficiency and scale, while critics have predicted huge increases. Do you think there would be gains in efficiency and scale with the government running all of health care? Oh, boy. That's hilarious. Right. Right. Yeah, and as we've learned from Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, uh, the whole thing is teetering on the brink of bankruptcy because the future budgets include, oh, yeah, and we're going to cut back what we pay to doctors by 30%, fully aware that doctors aren't going to put up with that. That'll never, ever happen. And just the inefficiency of government running stuff. Look at the VA. Right. Look at look at all kinds of different things. Sure. A couple other phrases that stood out for me. We ask a handful of economists and think tanks, uh, with a range of perspectives to estimate the total cost. And so they got from, you know, conservative to liberal and all different sorts of people. Mm-hmm. In all these estimates, patients and private insurers would spend far less, and the federal government would pay far more. I find, really? I find that phrase hilarious. Who's the federal government? So I, as a patient, am going to pay less. Luckily, the government's going to pay more. That's me! I'm the government! That's my tax money! You can't move it from I give it to the hospital to I give it to the IRS and tell me that I saved money. You can't do that. You don't get to do that. Jack, and you'll want to roll tape on this, Michael. Okay. Jack, if we've lost the knowledge that we are the government, we've lost everything. Mm. I'm Joe Getty. But I just find that phrase to be hilarious. It is bitterly terrifyingly hilarious patients which would be americans were all patients right everybody right patients americans would pay less oh good the federal government would pay more well that's their problem in all these estimates that's That's true their problem that's hilarious how do you write that with a straight face well we we've lost we've lost sanity i just find that amazing yeah and then yeah. with the different estimates, and this always bothers me because they we often have the the CBO, for instance, the Congressional Budget Office. Is that what it's called? Yes. Um, uh, they make estimates that are crazy wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're trying to. No, they're the best we've got. It's just 
it's very difficult to do, especially with this healthcare stuff. Yeah, but so right. you got you got all these different groups and they, their uh, guesses as to what it's going to cost the country vary by so much. Even the difference between the most expensive estimate and the second most expensive estimate was larger than the budget of most federal agencies. Wow. Yeah. So you're. Two that are closest together at the top, the difference in their estimate is bigger than we pay for a variety of other big agencies. Um, we all know how it works right now. Right now, individuals and insurers pay insurance companies. You pay cash sometimes or a copayment or whatever for drugs, blah, 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 blah. State governments pay something. In Sanders' system, which he's introducing today, um, nearly all that would be replaced by federal spending. That's why many experts describe this as single-payer health care. Yeah, although in Medicare, the the person, uh, the individual pays a lot of the costs too, and you got your uh, you got your donut policies and your Medicare supplemental insurance and all sorts of stuff. So it's not a, a panacea, my friends. Um, and then they get through the difference, and we we could link that article at ArmstrongandGetty.com if you want to read into the details of it. Well, I just found it interesting that first of all, the guesses as to what it's going to cost are so far apart. Right. I mean, they're yeah. just they're they're just. Uh, if we do this, we'll either end up with a cat or a refrigerator. I mean, right. they're just not even in the same universe. I'd imagine if the difference between the two highest estimates are that large. Right. I mean, between the high and the low, I'm sure it's hilarious. And then the uh, and then the idea that the New York Times crowd, anyway, looks at it is we'll pay less. The federal government will pay more. Yeah. So yeah. you're not you're not going to look at the tax burden. Well, if you're going to leave that out of it. There's no point in even having this conversation. Right. And the effect that would have on the economy and the rest of it. You know, it's funny. It strikes me. Speaking of tax policy, do we have time for this thought? Yeah, I guess we do. Um, I believe if any significant coalition of folks in politics had clean consciences and were actually looking out for the people, we could sell a flat tax or the fair tax plan to the poor the middle class, the wealthy, well, everybody but the really, really wealthy, that tenth of a percent that, you know, has the hundred million dollars and the rest of it. The the benefit of it is so incredibly obvious. Or a value-added tax, and I understand that that has its hazards too politically if you're really wonky about this stuff, but it, it could be passed. The hedge fund guy who makes $170 million, he wouldn't pay 2% of that somehow. He'd pay his 10%. Everybody would pay 10%. And and most, like the fair tax excludes the first like $30,000 you make. That's not taxed at all. So it is not, you know, uh, what do they call it, uh, regressive against the poor, at least for that basic income. There would be no dodges and loopholes for for super gazillionaires. And we would have all sorts of money. The, the you fools who think that you know Hillary Clinton or 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 Barack Obama or or Donald Trump for that matter or whomever is going to reform the tax code and really stick it to the powerful and you know they manipulate the rates a little bit and the seventy eight thousand pages of the IRS of the tax code becomes ninety eight thousand and there we go we've really reformed it. You're fools. You really are. And and the, the hilarity of, well, the people would pay less, the government would pay more. I mean, that would be removed because everybody would have an acute awareness that we are the government and the government's money is our money. 
that would that might save the nation and it's got practically zero chance of passing because the politicians are so skilled at terrifying or like angering everybody into thinking no 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 we can't have a fundamental tax reform that might that might end up being bad and so we sit with this incredible this this rape this obscenity that is the american tax code just makes me nuts tax day is monday all right. Um, Tax day is every day, you fool, <laughs> you sucker, Joseph. you child. Joseph. What you, what's the matter with you? You, you having a good time, Joe? You moronic, you half-wit, <laughs> you babe in the woods, numbskull dumbass. Lily, Lily. Anyway, Owen <laughs> oh, <Lily>. Monkey kissing. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my thesaurus? <laughs> Uh, hey, parents, it's good to let it out. <laughs> hey, parents, I'll get to this at some point. There's another sugar study. Sugar, sugars. That's my current diet, where I'm trying to stay away from sugar. That's the only thing I'm doing. If I if I keep my sugar below something, I lose weight. Yeah, and it just it just works that way. For I me. had that big old donut yesterday, but I worked out like a fiend. A fiend, I tell you. Well, I'm not going to work out for a fiend, so I like a fiend, so I have to stay away from the donut. God, there was a guy. Guy works around here. Nice guy. Super fit though. Yeah. And he mentioned to me yesterday, because somebody brought a whole bunch of donuts in, and he said, yeah, I, I'm having a half a donut. I already worked out this morning, burned off a 1,000 calories. Shut up. Yeah. I don't, I, nobody wants to hear that. Shut yeah. up. Everybody's, like, flipping him off here in the studio. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> that was, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. 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 I went ready to yeah. I got up four, as I usually do. <laughs> I did my weights and my cardio legs. And this, and yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. Why don't you tell me how many times you had sex last night? Boom. I don't want to hear these stories. <laughs> anyway, parents, I got something about sugar at some point. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.